0: To another edition of the Merchant of Magic podcast. I'm Dominic Rays, and for this episode, uh, I'm quite lucky really to uh, get this as I've been trying to get this guy um, to do a podcast or, uh, or an interview for quite a while. We're in the company of Mike Farrell, who is a children's entertainer and close up magician, but um, does uh, a lot of um, children's shows through the year and has got some really good ideas. Uh, but um, if you're doing children's magic, you're probably going to uh, uh, benefit from. So, hello, Mike. Hello, Dominic. Thanks for having me here today, I must say. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, how long have I been trying to persuade you to do uh, no,
1: nobody's ever got this far before. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I, I, you, you have asked me a few times, and um, um, I'm quite busy. So, so, Well, at least that's what I've said anyway. But, uh, but I'm here now, and I think hopefully I've got something to offer. Right, cool, yeah, I'm sure you have. Well, you've been, in, you've been doing shows for a long time, what, 25 years. Yeah, somebody asked me that the other day, which is a standard question you get asked. How long have you been doing Merchuk? Um, <clears throat> and I worked it out, it is, it is in the realm of about 25 years, which is quite alarming, really, isn't it? How did you,
0: How did you get into it?
1: <clears throat> well, again, that's another question I'm asked a lot by people. Uh, and the truth is, if you've got a few hours, you can answer that question. So the short answer is, years ago, um, before I wanted to carve a proper career, and I say proper career because I am in a proper career, but before then, there was two things that I really wanted to do. There were two jobs that I really wanted to have, which at the time sound, uh, sounded absolutely ludicrous. What were they? Well, well one of which was an undertaker.
0: Yeah, that does sound What yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you actually wanted to be
1: an I wanted to be an undertaker, um, and I wanted to be a magician. But the, the, quite honestly, the magician sounded more unrealistic than being an undertaker. Yeah. So I did get a job um, as an undertaker. I remember um, growing up in Buckinghamshire, I was sitting in Princess Risborough High Street, and I saw a hearse disappearing down a side alley, yeah. and I thought... Now, this could be my chance. So I followed it. This could be your chance. Yeah, this could be my chance. So I followed it down this little side alley, and there was a little firm of undertakers. So bold as brass, I went straight through the door, and asked me if they had any jobs. Now, they didn't have a job, but they knew of a company, and I, I kid you not, called H.C. Grimstead in Beaconsfield, which was about right. 20 miles away, who were looking for someone to, you know, basically make the tea and, you know, carry coffins and yeah. and do all the sweep up and all that sort of business. So um, they sent me down there, and I got the job, and I actually stayed there for nearly three years. It was a great job.
0: So you must have some stories from that I've as got,
1: well. I've, yeah, I've got a lot of stories <laughs> <I've got that. laughs> A lot of stories. So, from being an undertaker, yeah. how did you become a magician? <clears throat> um, well, I was very my. I don't know where to start here. I actually went on a TV show, right, and became um, well, a talent show. No, uh, no, it wasn't a talent show. And don't ask me what the show what was. was, it? was it? No, I'll, t- I'll tell you at the Your- end. You'll find out at the end. Um, But it was a Saturday night TV show. It was the Saturday night TV show. And um, the undertakers found out that I'd gone onto this. And uh, they were less than impressed. And (laughs) I was very quickly made redundant. Um, So that was the opportunity to go for option number two, which was to be the magician.
0: Ah, okay.
1: So um, I found an opening with a a company um, in Corfu in Greece, and I went on a training course for two weeks, which was amazing. It was a full-on how-to-be-an-entertainer enter- training course, um, where they covered everything from microphone techniques to um, how to run a game show night, how to sing, dance, the whole shooting So night.
0: this was kind of like how to be a red coat to Yeah, there, but, but,
1: but I, I think it was a little bit... It was a little... Ugh. It was a, I think the clients were a bit more, they wanted more than just a red coat because there was only going to be me and one other person as the entertainers providing entertainment for the entire hotel. So I think we had to be armed immediately with a lot more um, sort of material and bits and bobs. But So this was a proper course? This you? was you? Yeah, this is in Spain, this was. And, and they, were, they sent loads of us out there and then half of us were all sent home um, all, sort of instantly in the middle one, one day we were just sent home I wasn't um, and then we were told that we were going to be shortlisted for these positions and I got a really lovely hotel the Aglius Gordius Hotel in Corfu and I worked with another girl there who's called Lizzie and we both had a really super time and we I carved my teeth of entertainment there uh, and this was the opportunity you see between uh, bringing acts on and, and, and uh, performing, I don't know, whatever we were going to do that night, the entertainment. It was a good opportunity to do magic to a proper audience.
0: Yeah, okay, so that's really, really invaluable, really. Oh, it was very and, invaluable. Yeah. And, and you perform magic, or <clears> was it...
1: Well, I tried. I was appalling. It was really terrible. It was, it was just ghastly magic. <laughs> but, you see, I, was I, I, I didn't care. So I, I would just try anything. And, I, and
0: you know, the, I suppose it was just one part, wasn't it, of lots yeah, of different also, things, events that you were organising? And
1: I guess so, but people knew who I was. So it wasn't, there's a complete stranger, he's, gonna, he's a magician, oh, he's not very good. It was, oh, this is Mike. We've known him all week on holiday. So if he's not very good, you can kind of get away with it. Um, I mean, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't long before I started to meet proper magicians. Um, I met Mistina, who came out, who is, uh, I believe she lives in in Los Angeles now. She's a lady, sort of, she did acrobats and magic, and she was great. Um, And I met two further people who became very influential in what I do now, Uh, one of which was a comedy magician called Steve Best, who's just brought out a fantastic book, actually. Yeah, yeah. Can I plug his book? Yeah, I'm please do. It's called Snapshot, Steve Best. Um, he's, uh, he deserves a good plug, and he's a great comedy magician, and he taught me an awful lot. And, of course, Duncan Trillo.
0: Ah, from Magic Week.
1: Yes, Magic Week's Duncan Trillo, who, if you know Duncan, you'll know he is uh, just a, probably the, the best card manipulator there is.
0: Guys, yeah, if you don't know Magic Week, I'm sure you, you do, it's been going for ages. It's magicweek.co.uk hmm. and it's kind of a news hub that, that is published every week by That's Duncan. Right. Um, and it'll tell you all about um, events which are on hmm. news in the magic industry. Uh, so it's well worth checking out.
1: Oh, it is. Uh, and the good thing was, being in, in Corfu and in the, I think, I think it was 92 we were out there. The acts would be flown out on a Thursday, and they would perform once, but they would have to stay with us for four days before there was the next available flight home. So, so
0: was Duncan performing out? there?
1: Yeah, he'd come out. He'd perform his show. He did.
0: Uh, he does a really good linking rings, didn't he? He
1: his show was uh, card manipulations, linking rings. He does a great dancing hanky routine, um, and it's just it's just very classy. It's, it's very good. Right. You know, he's, he's managed, he managed to get away with a sort of... Perfect choreography. Yeah, it's not cheesy, which is easy to um, put over. But it was very good. Duncan Triller, you you know, you should find him. But, um, of course, I had four days of talking magic with the best, you know. Um, and when I left Corfu and came home... Um, I wanted to continue my journey. But, of course, all of a sudden you're not in a position where you can do all this. So I looked my friend Steve Best up. remember we spoke about him, who was a comedy magician. He was a former children's entertainer. And he said, look, come over to my house and for 50 quid I'll give you all my old stuff. And he presented Ah. me with a roll-on table full of goodies. (laughs) (laughs) So so essentially you found a mentor. I found a mentor. Well, you were inspired by Duncan. Oh, I, was, I was blown away with Duncan's magic. It was, that was it. it was, I had to be a magician, which, which when you're starting out, and I'm sure there are people out there who think this, it's a ludicrous thing to think that you're going to be. I'm going to be a magician. Sounds absurd. <laughs> it, took me, it took me 10 years before I actually thought, you know, I am a magician. Yeah. You know, so it took a long, long, long time. Uh, to get to that to that place where I was comfortable in in actually in my own mind to, to say that yes I am a magician that's how I carve a living so I make my, my money.
0: So you um, you you got essentially an act tailor made for you present, given to you then? Or,
1: no or, right? no 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 no. I was taught very quickly um, by Steve and Duncan that the the um, ethics of magic were very very important you know you absolutely must not steal anyone's tricks you mustn't pinch anybody's ideas magic is a very small world and and i that was almost the first lesson i ever learned which was tough because all i wanted to do was what i was what i'd seen you see i'd seen these magicians do this incredible magic and i wanted to be just like them
0: yeah
1: but i was i was literally i was in a my hand up my back and sort of said, you dare do any of this stuff and then there'll be trouble, you know. So um, you've only got to look at Harbin's story with his zigzag lady to know what happens if you, if you do nick somebody else's trick. Anyway, um, so I had to go out and find my own act right. with, with inspiration,
0: with ideas, with help, from right. both, with mainly Duncan at this point. So how did you go about that? There's a lot of people that, that are, um, are thinking about putting together a children's show. Right. Okay. Um, and it's quite a difficult thing. Obviously, you can browse on a magic shop site and you see all these disconnected you know, uh, tricks and effects. Mm-hmm. How do you go from just browsing a range of magic to putting something together to actually create a kid's show?
1: Well, the first thing I would say is that don't, just, don't buy any more than one trick at a time. Don't go there and come away with two or three or four tricks. That's the, in my book, it's the kiss of death because you 'll be master of none of them if you do that, and don 't just buy something that looks good, you know I mean a, a good children 's entertainer could entertain kids with a, a balloon and a piece of string if they had to, you know, so you don 't have to have all these big boxes and this, that, and the next thing, and really, I think you need to study your character first you have to find out what sort of person you are. Are you a magician who is a clowny, loud? bouncing around type of guy for kids? Or are you more of a big brother type magician? That's how I think I fit in. I'm more of a, I'm more of a big brother than an uncle or a clown or a this or So that. do
0: you think that character <clears throat> has to be close to your character? If you're not naturally bubbly and, and outgoing, you shouldn't maybe go for a bubbly, outgoing professor maniac type sort of character?
1: Look, I tell you what, I think if you are completely and absolutely just starting out and you really haven't you are a blank page the best thing you could do is find somehow a a group of children go to a school and tell them you want to do a talk I don't know do it (laughs) find a group of children and get chatting with them and just see how you are with them are you someone who talks down to kids are you patronizing do you put a funny voice on when you speak to children normally or do you talk to them directly and 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 be, be like be like a cool I don't know, friend. You know, Big so brother or something. yeah, you've got to find your personality. You've got to find the way you are with children first, then you can put the magic into it. Right. I think that's what I think.
0: So, how did you how did you build your your persona? What would you say your performing persona is? Um, well, I don't take any
1: prisoners. I'm actually quite bossy with kids. I certainly don't put on a silly voice. I think I'm a little bit Oliver Hardy. You see, I did some, some study. I really did some nuts and bolts study on, on how to entertain children when I started out yeah. because I was pushed down a, this, this road by two sort of very seasoned professionals, which was uh, get a seasoned professional to help you is, is another major, major plus. Um, and I've soon worked out that what made me laugh... Were people like Oliver Hardy, uh, Dick Dastardly? Those are two characters. If you think about it, they're two characters that are in charge. They're in charge, but they're the biggest idiots in the whole thing. So you've got Laurel and Hardy. Oliver Hardy is the one that's always in charge, but he's a, he's he's a bigger fool than the other guy. Dick Dastardly's is a great example because he is the he is the he is Dick Dastardly with his team of people. But again, he, he's the one that's in charge but always the butt of all the jokes. And if anything's going to go wrong, it'll go wrong with him. And that's why it's so funny, because he's in charge. In a kid's show, I'm in charge. And of course, things go wrong with me. And that's why it's so amusing to the children. So find something like an Oliver Hardy or a Dick Dastardly, or I don't know, I don't know what's current. But whatever, a character on television that makes you laugh. And the more obscure they are, I think the more fun you're going to have adapting that to your character.
0: Do you think that makes you different to a lot of children's entertainers that are putting together acts at the moment?
1: Well, the, the, the truth is I try and not get involved or poke my nose into anybody else's act. Yeah. Um, you don't tend
0: to go up to the Magic Circle meetings and things like that or conventions that often, do you? Um, I'd
1: like to get to the Circle more often in London. The only problem is I don't, I don't live in London and, and the Circle's on a Monday, which is a pretty un... It's not a good day on Monday because yeah. normally I've had a very busy weekend in London and I don't really want to go back there, you know, um, to, to, you know. I think I'd go to the Magic Circle a lot more if it was on a Wednesday or something.
0: Or like the Blackpool Magic Convention.
1: The Blackpool Magic Convention is a great convention. However, it's, it's too, I would have to, it's too costly, really. Um, I, I would have to forego all my weekends' work. And I know that's, that's the case with everybody else. But to get there, hotels and everything else, it, it runs up such a bill. That um, I have to, I have to ask myself whether it's worth it or not. But I've got to be honest with you: I don't get inspired when I'm around other magicians. Right? Why is that? Um, because I, I, I really, I, I'm not interested in how other people conduct their business. I know that sounds awful and very unfriendly. But I think you, could, you can corrupt yourself a lot if you get tangled up with, A, how successful somebody else is or appears to be. Yeah. Um, uh, also, if they say something that you want to do, you've got a, you've got a moral dilemma there. Should, should you do what they're doing? And then the, the truth is, as far as I'm concerned, it's just me and the big wide world. I'm not interested. And I, I cover such a huge area that I don't... I can't say that I've got any direct competition because I'm all over the place. I, I go to all different places. Can you so,
0: describe some of the, the, the typical type of event you, that you do?
1: Well, what children's magic? Yeah. Um, well, I can tell you, I can tell you that things have changed in the last in the last from ten years to, to today um, because of, I believe, because of the style of the show and the way I, I put myself over, and the, I can honestly say the amount of work that I've put into. Producing a product for sale that my clientele have changed, which is good. In what way? They have gone a little bit, more <laughs> a little bit more upmarket. I think. Oh, okay. Which is good, right. but then. And is
0: that deliberate? Is that, that been deliberately
1: done yeah. by you, yeah, or has been engineered? Right. Because I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to increase my price, um, but increasing the price you reduce the pool of people that could potentially book you. That's the problem. So
0: where did you learn that from?
1: Well, who told me that? Yeah,
0: who told you that? Do
1: you know, this guy. I don't know who he was, actually. <laughs> it was me, was it, it? was, yeah, it was <laughs> you, Dominic. Yeah. It
0: was Dominic.
1: <laughs> Dominic's a good guru. Listen to everything he says. Okay,
0: okay so um, you're doing a lot of shows. Yeah. Um, and but I like to think I do. Yeah, and you're travelling all over the place. Yeah. Do you find that tough?
1: Yeah, the, the, the truth is um, I don't do as many shows as I used to do. But that's engineered um when you've been doing this a long time like i have and i have i can honestly yeah. say i have been doing this a long time um you've got to have something change a little bit you know so so i, I just i didn't want, i wanted to do less shows and maybe demand a little bit more of a pay packet to do them right i was yeah. getting a bit I didn't want to knock out shows every five minutes and and do hundreds and hundreds of shows a year.
0: Well, as a close-up magician, I know it's bad enough going up into London doing a gig and then trying to get to the next location. I can't imagine how much hard work, (laughs) how much more hard work it must be having to... Lug all of that equipment as well. Children's yeah, I've got a lot of gear. I've got a lot of gear. Pack- mm. See, I throw everything in a close-up case mm. and I'm out the door. <laughs> Whereas you've got this set-up. How long does it take you to set-up? The-
1: well, the setup has been carefully crafted.
0: Right. Um, and that's, I have
1: got, I can set-up in, I always say an hour to set-up because you don't know when you're going to come across stairs and steps and they haven't got the keys to open up or wherever you are. But um, the fact is you need to get it down quick because if you have got to get to another job, which is always the case on a Saturday and a Sunday, um, I need to strike everything in 15 minutes flat and be away. Right. So I can do that. But I have lasers, I have screens, I have music, I have um, smoke machines, I have snow machines, um, the, the, the magic and the whole lot. It's quite, I mean, it's, it's quite
0: remarkable to think it will go, actually does go in the back of my car. Yeah. And um, so you're limited, then because of that, in how many gigs that you can do in a day?
1: Well, I wouldn't want to do any more than two children's, two, two hour children's parties a day. Right. That's okay. enough for me. And then quite often I'll have, a, I'll have a close-up gig in the evening if it's a Saturday or a Friday. That's a long day, especially yeah. when you're driving all the way back from London to Chichester. Yeah. Which is where I am, where I live. So that's, an, that's a 75-mile drive at the end of all that. So yeah. it's a long
0: old, you know, it's a long old trawl. So how do, you, how do you advertise to get this? So somebody who's, so far we've covered, someone's interested in magic, they yeah. should look at their character first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Define their character and then choose tricks which fit that rather than just shopping. Well, it, it, it's not
1: so much magic tricks. I, I'm a magician yeah. and everything I do is magical. Um, And if you excuse me, I won't go into the the actual, my my show. No, of
0: course not. But there's more fun and games.
1: Yeah, but you can have magic out of anything. You really can. I mean, you don't have to have, here's a trick, perform it, put it away. Here's another trick, perform it, put it away. It doesn't have to be like that. You can, children, how children perceive magic is a whole different ball game. You know, if you started doing some serious, complicated mind reading to kids, they'll just walk off. They They just don't get it. But all you've got to do is make something disappear or it's funny or it's, it's exciting. In my show, I like, to have, I like to have all the elements. I like to have music in the show. It's key. It takes nothing to put on a bit of music and perform some magic to it. But it really adds that extra element to the whole thing. It gives it a quality. Putting music to a magic trick. I mean, it's not science. It's, it's just something that you should definitely do. Also, using the right microphone so you're not shouting. There's no need to shout at kids. There's no need to entertain the kids by revving them up to a point where that's just that's just easy. But if you can, end, if my kids will watch a television program and they're in a tractor beam, they can't they can't hear me, they can't hear anything. They're watching their program, they're focused, um, and and that's how you can get kids in a magic show. So you've got loud bits, you've got quiet bits. I've got bits of jazz music in my show. Uh, I've got bits that are incredibly loud, deafening, so deafening, in fact, I put a, I put a pair of those, those earphones over my ears <laughs> just for that part of the trick. Um, but I wanted to have a piece of my show where the children literally cry with laughter.
0: Well, you, you actually do sleight-of-hand demonstrations in your show as well, don't you? It isn't all um, yeah, there's, props. Yeah,
1: there's everything in there. With, um, with, uh, uh, I do card manipulations multiplying billiard balls. Uh, I do tricks with bubbles um, I do a, a, my ping-pong ball routine, which I'm quite well known for. Um, there's flying tables in there. Um, I mean, there's a whole wide variety of, of magic. But it's a, quite apart from the children watching the show, it's extremely important that the adults, the parents that come along, if you can get them to enjoy your show, you've really cracked a big nut there because... They're the people that are going to book you, and I'll, I'll tell you a little tip, which I think is is pretty important.
0: Yeah,
1: I was told of an entertainer once who did a trick where he or she—I can't remember—but they they put silk silk scarves in the um, lapels of this. They get the mum up and they pull the scarves out, and there's a bra in between. Okay, now that's oh yeah, old, the 20th century yeah, bra trick. Right, so yeah. it's a great trick. It's very funny. But I know for a fact I would only have to do that trick once to put just about every parent off booking me. Yeah. Because you've got to remember these people talk and if they think you're going to do that, they ain't going to book you no matter how popular you are with the children. <clears throat> so don't do anything at all that is um, in bad taste because you, that's it, you're finished. Even someone told me that they do the hokey-cokey at the end of the party, which just sounds like a great idea, but I know there are people who don't. Oh God, I'm not going to book him. Cause he'll, you know, would you go to a show if you knew the guy was going to get you up and do something embarrassing? No. no, you wouldn't do it, would you? Yeah, you would not go and see a show and sit in a theatre, watch a show if you knew you were going to be hauled up to the front and something embarrassing was going to happen in front of all your friends.
0: <laughs> well, I know a lot of people, a lot of magicians worry about um, kid control. Can
1: I? Can I just say just 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 to finish that?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that applies to um, a, a very small, certain type of people, though. Right. Most there are a lot of people who wouldn't care. They'd get up and play along and be part of it. But as it just as it happens, where the, the shows that I do, the people are quite fussy and they're quite, you know. They, well, they I suppose are, it
0: only takes one or two, doesn't it? To
1: it's all it's Chanel handbags, yeah.
0: you know. Right. I'll say it no more. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, there's a lot of people <clears throat> that that talk about kid control, yeah. Um, and but you've also got to have an. I'm assuming you've also got to have an aspect of kind of parent control as yeah, well.
1: Yeah, that's right. You got two. You've got two forces happening um, during a magic show for kids. You've got to keep the kids happy. You don't. You do not want them to boil over, yet you want to keep them on their toes, even though they're sitting down. And it's a little bit like that old game, you know, where you see them with a a big hoop and they're running along and they've got a stick and they're they're whipping the hoop to keep it moving. You know, that's kind of how it feels keeping a children's show going. You want it to just be at the right level, but if you've got thirty or forty parents who are talking at the back of the room, it'll kill your show stone dead for a number of reasons. A, as a performer, you are very deflated because someone's talking all the way through your show. And it's very it's hard, it's very difficult to to have the enthusiasm you start the show with if somebody does that to you. Um, and secondly, it's it's hard to get them to shut up because that's really what you need them to do. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't talk in a cinema if you went to see a film, would you?
0: You wouldn't be two yeah, seconds before though. someone told you to be quiet. So well, they feel like it's fine for them to sit at the back and have a conversation. Yeah,
1: they they feel like it's not your show's not not important enough to. To not, you know, they they don't care. They just don't care. Now, if your show is interesting to them, if they get into it, if they start watching the show, um, then they won't talk because they'll be watching your show. And there's there's a there's there's an easy trick there to to learn. Quite a lot of quite a lot of times, the parents will set up the room for you to perform in. Okay, and they will put chairs at the side of the room. They put chairs all the way down the side. Now, secretly, that quite irritates me because it implies that the show is not worth watching. It's almost like a waiting room. You can sit at the side of the room if you wish because the children are going to watch a magic show. It's quite a natural <clears throat> thing for people to think... But as a performer, you want, so move the chairs, get the chairs behind the children so the parents sit down directly in front of you with the children in front of them and watch the show. When I sell a show down the phone, when I get a a booking that comes in, I always say that the best shows, you know, this is going to be a a big party. It's going to be very um, special to little Sophie or Peter or whoever's having the party. And what's most important is that everybody in the room has got to come and see the magic show. Right. because it's worth watching and you're paying for it and we don't want you to waste a penny of your money. So
0: you'll say that the parents need to come and sit down yeah. as well and enjoy you
1: really it. highlight that with, with, the, with, with the overall host, which of course is the mother. So you say, look, look, get everyone to come and see the show. Explain how hard it is to do it if, you're, if, you're, if people are talking and how rude you find it. Because you can't say anything. You can't come out of character and give them a good dressing down because that's the kiss of death again you know if you're rude to anybody you just, you just can't do it so you want to get them at the beginning sit them all down and say right I need you but you might need to fire a few comments to the back of the room if someone hasn't quite got the message okay what like so i'd say something like um i'd stop what i'm doing and uh, i'd look at them and i'd say <clears throat> excuse me, hello, (laughs) and they won't hear you because they're not tuned into you, they're talking about... Anyway, she said to me and I said to her, I wasn't going to... And you're, excuse me, hello, like this, and you've got the microphone. and the kids like that? The kids find that funny, Uh, but also the the parents will because parents who have got one eye on you and one eye on something else perhaps, this is at the beginning only, I might add. Uh, Anyway, so it ends up with just these two people talking and the whole room's looking at them. (laughs) Right, and as soon as you've got their attention, they, their, their head sort of shrinks down into their body because they've realised, and I say something like, thank you very much, it's not, it's not a coffee morning, you know, or something like that. <laughs> but no. you're doing it with a twinkle in your
0: eye and a smile. And-
1: you do, yeah, but the, you, you don't want to brush it off as, as nothing, but you want to get the point over that you are actually quite serious right. and that they do need to either leave, leave the room and carry on talking or, or shut
0: leave up.
1: The room. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you say, I, I, I'm, quite, I, I, I'm quite sort of I say, look, you know, it's not a coffee morning. You just sit down. That's why, or there's a professional up here, or you're louder than me, and I've got a microphone, or, or something like that. Yeah. You know, but but don't embarrass them. Don't whatever you do, don't embarrass them because you must. If you embarrass them, they they will never book you. Simple as that.
0: Yeah. It's all about the parents. It's all about the parents booking you. I suppose the parents set an example for the kids as well, do they? Um. Well. <sighs> Children
1: won't focus 100% on you if parents are talking because they'll always be looking over their shoulder. So,
0: Would you have the parents sit down amongst the kids with their kids?
1: Yeah, if they're little children, if they're four or five-year-olds, some of the best parties where you get everyone in one big group to come sit down with the kids, great. They're the best ones because the kids feel totally and utterly secure and safe. The parents are in and amongst the children, which is great. You knit everybody together. And come and see the show. I mean, I've had some fantastic comments. Uh, I've got a lot of fans of the dads. And people book me and say, look, my my friend saw you at a party. She thought you were hilarious. Blah, 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 blah. Are you free on the 13th of July or whatever? You know, so that's important. Another little tip, um, which is really super important, is that personally, I don't want the children eating anything in the magic show. Here's a scenario which is very possible, and this this could always happen. You've got 30 kids, they're all sitting down, you've just started your show. The parents are being nice and quiet, everything is perfect. One child walks to the middle of the group of kids with a crisp in their hand and starts eating it. Two seconds later, two kids will get up to go and find the crisps. Okay, they come back, then four get up, and then all of a sudden you've lost all of them because they, kids won't think like like a grown up will think. They think, oh, uh, well crisps. I, I was, right, hold on, I'm going to get some crisps. And up and away, and then all their friends soon to clock on to this. Like, so make sure there's nothing to eat. Take all the food away. Right. Now, ironically, you don't need to take the food away from the table because the table's food could well be set at the beginning of the party. But odd bowls of crisps or yeah. drinks. I wouldn't give children any drinks to drink. Before a magic show. And do
0: you discuss that with the client yeah, yeah, beforehand?
1: Yeah, yeah. And they've got to be diplomatic there because they might have just come from school. And they'll, oh, they'll be thirsty or they'll be tired or they'll be hungry. Well, they're not so hungry they can't. I remember when I was a kid, um, my mother was worried that I didn't eat enough because I was too busy making things out of cardboard and boxes and things. Now, yeah. time to eat. So, so have
0: you ever had sort of a parent come through while you've been performing with drinks or with? with uh, bowls of crisps or something like that and off of them around yeah, to the children. in
1: fact, one of the worst possible memories I have is of a um, um, a lady who does a, I won't say who it is, but runs a, she, um, she's a TV presenter and she came in the middle of the magic show with a huge big tray of, of squash for all the children. And of course, that just that's the end of it. And they all got up and ran towards her and the whole lot went all over the place. And then we had broken glass and that was the end of the show. Really, well, that's an extreme example, there, yeah. Dominic. <laughs> but uh,
0: yeah, I it. it's really interesting. It's good, useful, useful advice that you wouldn't get without doing lots and lots of shows and getting that experience. Every so time
1: you do a show, you find something new,
0: right?
1: And you tweak your show every time. You tweak it a little bit. Oh, that was funny. I'll remember that. Take a notebook because you're, uh, uh, there's a lot of opportunity to ad lib in a magic show. Yeah. A kid will come and say something unique, something you haven't heard before, and your answer to that can be really funny, but I'll tell you what, you will forget it. The next morning, you'll be kicking yourself. Oh, what was it? What was it? I was going to put in my show every show I do from now on forevermore. Can't remember it. So take a little notebook and write it down. So what's your
0: opinion on using scripting in Magic?
1: My whole show is scripted. The whole show is word for word. But I do deviate and come away from that script. Um, It has to be scripted because there's five or six sections of music in my show. So I do go from A to B and B to C and C to D. Um, And it's also good to do that because if you block your show off in that way, if there's something that you're getting a bit bored with, you can take that out and give you the perfect opportunity to slot something in. Oh, okay. You see what I mean?
0: And I suppose, if they've got another event that you didn't know about or another activity that's going to happen and you need a shorter show.
1: No, you can always always shorten a show. A show will get shorter if if adults are talking. You tend to trim it all because there isn't those funny little bits worth doing if people are talking in the show.
0: Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yes. And the, one of the things that a lot of people say about scripting is it's very hard, they fear that it might be, make them wooden. How do you, do? You, what work do you do on your script to make it feel like it's ad-lib? If you,
1: you, yeah, that's that's the thing. There are things that I say, terrible things that I say, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um at the beginning of a show. I mean, I've got a few great lines, which I really love doing. I'll give you one of them, shall I? Yeah. Um, at the beginning of the magic show, because in nature people aren't always there on time, if you've, if your show is 11 o'clock or the party starts at 11 o'clock, you're not going to start the show until 10 past because they won't be, they won't, all the kids won't be there. So... In order to get around this, I sit down. Let's say we've got 30 kids coming and 18 have arrived and it's 11 o'clock. So I'll sit down with the children. and I'll say, look, I'll tell you what we'll do. Because we're waiting for the late ones to arrive, why don't I make a great big prize and give it away to somebody? Now, I've instantly got their attention with that one. I'll say, oh, and another thing I will say is that it's very important that I only choose people who, who have their legs crossed. They're the only people I choose. It's the law. Anybody found, without their legs crossed, I'm afraid I'm going to have to call the police and have you all arrested. (laughs) Which they kind of find funny, but it makes them cross their legs. Now, if you don't get the kids to cross their legs and sit nicely then they're going to be up and down, up and down. Every time they get excited because they've got something they want to tell you, they'll be on their knees. And when they're on their knees to so people behind them, they get up before, you know, they're all standing up and then you've lost them, you see. So I say, make sure you keep your... So I find a culprit who's incapable of keeping their legs crossed. <laughs> and I'll have some big balloon that I've just made, like a big motorbike or something really cool. And I say, like, who would like to have this? And I'll, I'll kind of whip them up a little bit. I'll say, who'd like to have this lovely motorbike and have it forever like this? Okay, and then one of these kids will uncross their, legs at some point because they're getting excited and i'll say ah, you can have it you can have the oh no you haven't got your legs crossed no you can't have it <clears throat> and if you do that all of a sudden everyone suddenly crosses their legs like you're just about to win it but you haven't because even haven't some got of the legs. parents even even the parents will cross
0: crossing <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> now do you um during your show what do you market as well do you how
1: yeah very important
0: you do yeah how do you tend to do
1: that no, ideally i don't work through agencies because if you work through an agency, you've got to give the agency that, their card, right? And as far as I'm concerned, if you're a good entertainer and you do a good job and people like you and you're likeable and you're presentable and everything is perfect, there's absolutely no reason in the world why you need somebody else to get you to work. Give everybody a card. At the end of the magic show, at the end of the party, I get all the kids to sit down. And remember that balloon I was telling you about that he didn't win. Well, that's the big balloon. I always make a big balloon at the beginning of the party, a motorbike or a big bunch of flowers, and it sits on on sort of display. Everyone could win it, but, of course, the birthday child always wins it. But at the end of the party, I tell them, right, let's find out who's won the big balloon. They all come and sit down. I tell them that it's going to be the birthday child, and, you know, of course it is, because they're And at that point, then I give them all a card. I say, I'm going to go now... Tip number two, whatever you do, don't be embarrassed to advertise yourself, even if you're brazen about it, even if you're upfront about it, even if people at the back are shaking their heads and smiling, no one really minds that you're giving all the kids a card. So give them a card and say, look, I'm going to give you a picture of me looking very handsome. I want you to take that home because you never know when you might need me to come do your party. So here you go. And then instantly I'll put some music on which diffuses that awkward silence you could have after that sentence you've just delivered. The kids are scrambling around themselves uh, and they're taking your card. Okay, don't put the cards in party bags. That's a killer, because the party bag will go in the car. It uh, can't
0: compete with the cake, can it? And all the no, toys there's and cake in forgotten. there,
1: it ends up on the floor, then it'll be in the bin. You give it directly to the children, because the children are going to get a party bag next, right? So what do they do with the card? Give it to their mum. <laughs> so, it's, so it's almost like you're deliberately handing it out to the parents themselves. Okay, but, and also, as long if the kids understand what the purpose of the card is, you will get a percentage more bookings. This card is in case you want me to come to your party.
0: Oh, okay. See, yeah. so
1: there you go. And it's got a picture of me on the front looking all handsome. And, you know, you can have that and off you go with it. It's very important. So it's, it's very, very important. I probably, my phone, and uh, my emails and phones, I probably get about, I don't know, eight or ten inquiries a day. Really? Yeah.
0: And miss what, well, generally phone calls?
1: No, actually, it was phone calls. Um, it's a mixture of the two. It's more emails. I'll get more oh, emails okay. inquiring about um, parties, Magic Mikey parties.
0: Well, someone's just starting out, mm. so they're just building their act. Mm-hmm. How, do they, how do they find an audience? How do they f- find clients?
1: Well, I think the best way is make sure your show is tight. If, you have, if your show isn't good enough, then you'll, you'll die a death. That's the first thing. So get it as good as you can. If you're absolutely, completely and absolutely new to the whole thing, yeah. I would approach schools find a school. Most schools raise money for their charity or even for the charity, which is in fact indeed the school itself. So they might be make, make, raising money for a new football field or something
0: yeah.
1: and say, look, um, I'm new in the area. My name is Mr. Wiz, the magician or whatever. Um, because I'm new, I, I'm, I'd like to come and do a, a free magic show for you and of which you can charge all the children a pound. You can keep the money and put it to your charity. As long as I can hand little cards out to all the kids now, if you 're really serious about it, you would you have the
0: cards put in their book bags?
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. well, a school will dictate what they want to do with the cards Right. if it 's not at the end of school yeah. i e if the children aren 't directly going immediately home, i wouldn 't give it to the children because I 'll take it to their class It'll end up somewhere else, and, but yeah, get it in their book bags or, or if it's at the yeah. end, but most schools will snap your hand off for that. Now you could do a whole school let's say a school's got 100 kids in it you could do that for, you could you could you could actually be in front of 500 children a week you do that for a solid month then you have thousands of your cards around out the words out yeah it wouldn't yeah. be long before your phone starts to ring
0: and, and when your phone people. rings how do you deal with the um with the phone call
1: well, two ways. Now, my phone calls are different. Now, I'm very lucky.
0: Well, I phoned up. I need to book a, I need to book a kids show.
1: I know, yeah, So, yeah, yeah,
0: no, I've got your phone number. Um, my son's seen you at right. Seen you at school. Really likes you. I want to phone up and, and find out what your price is.
1: First of all, I would never tell them the price straight
0: out. Right, because that's what I would be. Yeah, at, straight away. Children's yeah. show. I'd kind of already sort of <laughs> guess what the product was. So I just want to know how much and whether you're available. Yeah,
1: well, that's the... the well, hello, my name's uh, Susie. How much yeah. is it for two hours, right? Yeah. That's, um, that, that tells me a, a million things. It tells me that they are more interested in the price rather than whether you're actually available. Yeah. Now, if you, a long time ago I, they'd phone up and that would be the first question because they were... Or someone might say, hello, I'm just having a phone around. How much are you? Right. right so it's the price is more important than the quality of the show i'm i am lucky people phone up because it's me they want to book um, in which case the, the price sometimes the price isn't even mentioned they don't even mention the price i have to bring it up at the end really? it's just
0: whether you it's not or...
1: important to some people how much it is yeah that's great obviously that's great but if it is important and they do want to know the price which i would imagine is the case more often than not yeah. Try not to tell them straight out. You don't want to tell them how much something is before they know what the product is. You want them to have an image of what's going to happen. So why don't we do a hypothetical So Yeah, telephone.
0: so I phoned so I, I out. Oh, oh, hello, is that, is that Magic Mikey? It, yes, it is. Ah, <laughs> brilliant. I wonder if you can help. No. Uh, my son's party right. uh, is on the 25th of May. How much, um, could you tell me how much you charge?
1: Right, okay. Sorry, what was the date? Let's just check the date first. Because, 25th of May. Right, I need to check that first before we go any further because we could be at... Okay, I'm looking at It's just my...
0: a general inquiry at this point, just yeah. to get an idea of price.
1: Yeah, well, so look, I'm looking at my diary. I'm, I am available. Let me tell you what I do first. Okay. Then I can tell you what you actually do get for your money. Right. Yeah, that's, sure. that's what I would do first so I would then take them through the party so I arrive one hour before the party and I set everything up uh, you, there's a nice line which I use which I think is a nice line where I say um, I will see the children in and I will see the children out all you need to do on the day is the food you're the caterer on the day because right. they think, oh, good! I don't have to have anything to do with the children at all. It's all our problem is, solved, isn't yeah. it? It's attention. Well, that's point. what they want. That's why they're having you. They're not mm. really booking you for the children's benefit. They're booking you as much for their benefit that they don't have to deal with thirty screaming children.
0: Yeah. Well, we've got enough to worry about with the party bags and the food and all sorts of issues.
1: So I say, right, I will uh, start with the magic show first, and i tell them a little bit about the magic show, what I expect is going to happen in the magic show and how fun and exciting it is. Then the children are going to eat, and then after that we're going to play lots of party games and we're going to have a right old time. And uh, there's another line which I like to use, which is, at no point in the magic show will you see me standing around doing nothing. Every minute of the two hours is thought about And tweaked and changed and moved to make it the best possible party that we can do. That's That's what I say. I utterly so now they they don't know the
0: price yet, but I'm the man for the job. Well, you've slowed them down as well, haven't you? You've slowed down the process and you've made them think about what they're getting first. Absolutely,
1: yeah, absolutely. And also, you might have covered other bases that some other entertainers haven't.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, a, a a poor example of this would be. Yeah, well, um, yeah, we do we do a magic show. Then the kids have a disco, uh, and then they have something to eat, and then a the cake, and then mum comes up. And- it doesn't really tell you you're anything you're just giving the
0: timetable yeah you?
1: so i say in the magic show um i'm going to make uh, some really I, I do some really cool magic there are flying tables i do this great thing which is a bit of a thing i have a ping pong balls which is hilarious they meet rocky the raccoon there's card manipulations cards fly through the airs you know and uh, it's all done to music and and it's a really cool magic show it's a proper proper magic show yeah, I really build it, I tell them, I, tell, I want them to see it in their mind. Yeah. So when you do get to the price, yeah. um, and my price, I will say mm-hmm. to them, I'll be honest with you, this is another line I use, yeah. I'll be honest with you, I'm not the cheapest entertainer on the block. And then I say, I have seen the cheapest entertainer on the block, <laughs> and I can assure you it's no laughing matter. And then back, my fee is X amount of pounds per right. party.
0: Okay. And at that point, once you've said your fee...
1: You can tell them whether they're going to book you or not. They can tell by the tone of their voice. Can you? They will either say, right, OK, um, right, OK, because they're thinking, oh, right, it's too expensive, I need to get them off the phone. Right, um, I, oh, I, I need to speak to my husband about that. Can I have a chat with my... You know, I really admire people who say, oh, right, no, 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 I'm nervous so sorry. I think I've wasted your time. You're a little bit more than I wanted to pay. I really appreciate that. Nobody wants to say that, though, do no you? No one know, wants anyone? to say that, but I do appreciate that, because I'll say, that's fine, thank you, thank you for your honesty, yeah. and I um, you know, hope you have a great party with whoever you do get. And oh, yeah. it all ends nicely, because these people are not going to call But luckily, nowadays, people kind of know how much I am anyway, because they, they haven't phoned me cold and blind. They've well, heard your
0: clients it. have changed quite considerably, haven't they, over the years? Yeah, and yeah. The, and you've done that deliberately as well. Well,
1: uh, yeah. I mean, uh, my my price increased, but the pool of people that use me have got smaller. Mm. So I'm still lucky enough to be able to be pretty pretty busy, Um, and um, but I do go to some exciting places and meet some incredible people.
0: What's the What's the most unusual gig that you've done? Um,
1: Most unusual, unusual. Yeah.
0: Well, by uh, okay, what's um, most challenging?
1: um the most challenging gig would be a job which is in a in a place where the parents haven't thought about properly they've they a difficult place to get to would be challenging where it is central london hotel would be challenging because you can't just pull your car up outside there and, and then leave it for two hours yeah. um
0: parking your car is an absolute nightmare in in london um do you find you get um from those clients do you find you get close-up work as well
1: yeah, that's really super important. You see, if you've you've done your magic show and the magic show has contents in it, which is proper magic, yeah. I try and do proper magic. There's no reason to do crazy, silly magic if you can do proper magic and make it crazy and silly because the people that will catch that are the hopefully the dads. Now, these dads could well be people you wouldn't get five seconds with if you phoned them up and wanted to come and see them. So after the show, I sidle up to the important-looking people at the party. I work out who I think is important. These are people who could potentially book you for their corporate client's party, you see. Yeah. And I don't need to say anything. They'll, they'll say to me, hey, great show. How did you make that table fly? That's really fantastic. Then you can get into conversation about, um, you know, I like to find out what people do for a living. So what, what line of work are you in? Oh, I'm, I, I run a hedge fund. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, now instantly I know... I placed them in the market, this is someone who could potentially book me for a client's corporate event. So I say, oh, I, I do quite a lot of work actually for HSBC or whatever. Um, hey, let me show you a trick, actually. I'll be honest with you. I, my magic, I do tend to practice it on, on some of the adults after my children's shows so that when I actually do do them at my corporate events, they're all seasoned and homed in. Hey, look, just take a card then I'll do my best trick I can possibly do. Mm.
0: I'll
1: give them five minutes of my best close-up magic uh, so then they can suddenly see you in a completely different light. You've stopped being Magic Mikey now and you've now become a a person who's who's really cool close-up magic. And as soon as they look impressed with that, I, I say, like it's an afterthought, look, I should give you my card actually. Look, there I am. If you ever need me for a corporate event or for a Christmas party or for this, that, or the next, or whatever, please give me a call. And now there you've got your card to someone who could potentially book you as a close-up magician.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. That's absolutely excellent. Very yeah, good. So, uh, well, uh, we're approaching an hour now. So yeah, I'm exhausted. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, but a, a couple of quick questions. Uh, what's the thing, what's the worst thing that you see children's magicians do that you wish they didn't?
1: Look, every kid's magician is different. Um, there, is, everyone's, you know, there, there, is, there is no hard and fast rule. It's a, it's a personal thing being a children's magician because there, there isn't any particular form. Personally, I, I don't like loud, garish clothes. I don't like wacky, wacky clothes or anything like that. Why so I, I, wear, I, I dress quite conservatively.
0: How do you normally dress?
1: Je- I just wear black, black clothes. Black clothes, and I, I wear a coat with stars on it. Yeah, I, I try and strip away all the ghastliness out of, out of my party. My equipment's all polished and nice and clean. And I, I, My brief to myself is if it looks right in a Hollywood Disney movie, then imagine, a Disney, imagine the latest Disney film, which is yeah. not a cartoon film, yeah. and they have the coolest children's entertainment in the world coming to see it. That's how I want to. That's that's my goal to get to. How right. Disney would perceive a cool magician, for example. I'm not saying that's what I am, but that's that's what I. That's what I'm looking to. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No. no so
1: no. ghastly garishness. I once was driving up the road. I saw it. Must have been seven o'clock in the morning. I saw a clown in full makeup on his way to a party so he'd obviously got all made up before he left the house did he? yeah and he was just and, on, and he was just on his way to a party <laughs> with a completely non he'd probably listened to Radio 4 or something, no, a non-plus motionless face on but a red nose and the green hair and a hat and the whole thing and I thought well that's that's really very bizarre to see that to drive past that I wonder what happens when, when he has to stop and get petrol <laughs> I mean do you go in and start knocking things over and big boots yeah. he's probably quite normal pump number four please
0: yeah <laughs> His red nose, uh... honk honk <laughs> okay so um, look we're approaching an hour now so uh, really really useful information Mike so thanks ever so much for coming on um, uh, let's end with have you got three tips Ooh, three or, uh, top yeah, tips three tips
1: uh, always leave enough time to get to your job Because if you're late, that's it, you're finished. The biggest fear that anyone has is that the entertainer won't turn up, and it's always the story they'll tell you when you get there. Right. Okay, so leave lots and lots and lots of time, especially if you're working in London, always assume that the traffic's going to be bad. Um, And it's quite nice to get to a job early and just hang out for a bit. I like to do that. Tip number two, keep in mind how the parents see the party. Okay, the kids might have a great time, but if you've done something that can be playground gossip the next day through the parents, then that's bad. You want the playground to be buzzing with your show, not about how, some, whatever, I've done something awful, or you rude to them because they were talking, or, or you've done something to embarrass them. You don't want any parents to ever say behind your back in a playground, well, I won't book him then.
0: Right. That's yeah.
1: top tip number two. Top tip number three, it's your business. It's what you do for a living. It's a good business if you can make it work for you. You, you can you can be pretty blooming successful at it. So treat it as such. Give it some importance, uh, and just do your absolute. Just do your best. Find your character. Find your Oliver Hardy or your Dick Dastardly.
0: Excellent, right, brilliant advice, Mike. Where can people reach you?
1: Crikey, um, you can go to. And I'm new to Twitter, so it's magic, Mikey, magic. Yep. Yeah. Magic Mikey Magic, that's my hashtag. At magicmikey magic. Um I could I, I, I want I want more followers, so please please follow me. Um you can go to my website of course, Magic Mikey, M I K E Y dot co dot UK dot com. If you want to look at my close up side of it, it's Smithsmagic.com.
0: Brilliant. That's me. Okay, cheers, Mike. Thanks ever so much. Yeah, thanks, Dom. Thanks for listening, guys. Remember, if you've got any problems or questions at all, drop us an email over at support at magicshop.co.uk and check out the blog as well, which is blog.magicshop.co.uk. There's a few new posts on there at the moment. We've got some information about how to get the best out of magic conventions. We um, have a post at the moment about approaching people um, and ways to literally just go up to a crowd and say, hi, I'm a magician, um, can I show you a trick? And uh, we've also got an interview from Full Circle Magic uh, that I did earlier in the month, um, which we've posted up on the podcast. Um, so check that out. Uh, there's also a free trial uh, for um, easy to, for Ultimate Self-Working Card um, Tricks, Volume 3. Uh, big blind media have just released that and we're giving one of those tricks free of charge for you to try out and see what you think as uh, a little trial and you can sign up for that and download the trick free of charge uh, on the blog uh, so until next time thanks so much for listening and uh, that's bye from me and bye from me